Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. I will start from there. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish its covenant, which is word to your fathers as it is this day. One of the things we established last week that I want us to really hold on to is the fact that huh, you must settle within your heart who owns what you have. You must settle within your heart that whatever you have, God has given to you. Now listen to this. We are stewards of God's resources. We are not owners. We are not owners. We are not owners. We are stewards of God's resources. And I want us to settle that within our heart. And very quickly, let me say this. There is the dimension of blessing that God gives to those who are real faithful stewards. There's a dimension of blessing. There's a dimension of blessing that he gives, that he supplies to those who are faithful stewards of his resources. And so, God is the owner of everything we have. Until we settle that, we're going to struggle with giving. We're going to struggle with giving. We're going to struggle because we're going to have too many questions that are really not genuine, that are purely because we think we own what we have. Everybody will say, God, you know, this one I was thinking, many people, there's nobody in this church today who would want to displease God knowingly. I don't think there's anybody here who wants to say, I don't care what God thinks. I just want to displease God. I want to do whatever I like. There's nobody like that in this church today. I know that. But you see, it's not just the intention that matters. It's really what do we actually do? And so when it comes to money, tithes, and offering of financial stewardship, you know, we need to understand that God owns everything. God owns our life. Now, this is what I said last week. If God owns our life, how can he possibly not own everything we have? If God owns our life, if God is the owner of our life, how can he not possibly own everything that we have? So I want that to settle. I really want that to settle. That whatever I have, God has given to me. The life, the gift, the talents, the money is the one that gives us power to get wealth there's nothing you have that you are because of your own strength there's nothing i have because of my own strength but many people get carried away and we treat our finances as if you know what it's only for me no god gives seed to the sower and it gives bread to the eater god gives us everything that we need everything comes from him so i want us to settle that but today, some of the thoughts, I want to share some thoughts with us about money, and then we move on to, and then some thoughts on tithes and offering, and I hopefully I'll be able to do all of that within the short time that I've got today. So what do you do with money that God gives you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. What do you do with money? And they're just basic things, but I just want us to think through these things, because if you really want to know whether you have accepted that God gave you everything you have, what you do with money is a good way to tell. 
If you really believe, if you really know, if you have accepted the fact that God is the one who gave you what you have. If I have accepted, because I know many of us here would quickly say, I know that all things come from God. And everything we have, God has given to us. But the way to tell, the way to know that indeed you have accepted, that all that you have is given to God is how you spend your money. Is what you do with money. And just basic, most of us have done some little financial training and um, training about money and basic ones. So let me start with something very basic. So just basic level, there are four things you do with money. Four things, broadly, four things. The first one, you spend money. The second thing is you save money. And the thought, I would say invest, which some people would still class as saving, but they're not the same. So you spend money, you save money, you invest money, and you give money. Four things you do with money. You spend, you save, you invest, and you give. You spend, you save, you invest, and you give money. But you see, we're not dwelling on that. I just want to show, use this to show you financial stewardship. Spending is the most basic usage of money. That is where everybody is. Some of us can remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, you see, you just need money to buy food. Money, to spend money, and all of that. Let me just say this. I pray that you will not live your life just to have enough to spend. Oh, I thought you were going to say Amen. If you live your life just to have sufficient to spend, when I mean to spend, that is to buy a car, buy a house, buy food. Spending is basically what you spend on yourself. Spending is how you enjoy your money. Spending is what you do with your money to give you a good time. Praise God. Spending is what you do with your money on immediately, you see. When money comes to you and what you do with money immediately, like buy food, go to Asda or Tesco or TK Maxx or buy a new shirt or a new shoe and things like that and do birthdays and parties and so on and so forth and burial ceremony funeral services and all of that the, all of that that is spending but let me tell you a good thing about spending because some of us might think spending is bad no spending is the basic is fundamental use of money that is where you start from you spend praise god everybody here is a spender but of course, we are different types of spenders, which we, we, you know, some of us know that. Some of us are impulsive spenders. We just spend. You go to shop, you're not planning to buy, you just buy, you know, and uh, no self-control. That's what it basically means. And some of us are very miserly. We don't like to spend at all. Even when you are hungry, you prefer to be hungry than to spend your money. Praise God for your life in Jesus' name. You know, so we have different types of spenders, but we spend one way or the other. We spend money. But the question you want to ask yourself is, how do you spend? money because it is how you spend money that determines who owns the money it is the percentage of your money you consume on yourself and desires that determines who actually owns the money so 
Example of spending, for instance, is um, maybe if you've got Sky TV and you've got sports and movies and all of that, and some of us might be paying for our TV maybe in the tune of 80, 90, 100 pounds per month. What's wrong with that? Nothing. But the question is, can the same person give that kind of money to God? You see? You see now. So who actually owns the money? How to tell? Every month, for instance, you need to ask yourself what you spend on yourself and what you spend on the kingdom. That is how to know who owns the money. These are practical stuff. It's like your dad buys a car that you drive sometimes and then he wants to go to work, he can't find the car. You are in trouble. Hello? You know why? Because you don't own the car. The guy who owns the car has the first right over the car. So somebody says, God owns my money, but God doesn't ever have any right over what you say he owns. Come on, logic. This is not anything too spiritual. This is just a, a cognitive dissonance. It just doesn't make sense. He owns it, but he doesn't have any right over it. How does that work? Come on, let's be sincere. How exactly does it work that the guy, the person who owns something doesn't have a right over it or is an afterthought over it? Think about it. Now that should make us begin to ask ourselves again, do you genuinely accept that God owns it? You know how many shoes you've bought in the past one year? Some of us, even the shirts we've bought alone, it's the, the price of it is more than what we have given to God. And he owns the money. Who is deceiving who? How? Are you following me? How? Let, let us be sincere. How? How? You know within your heart that you own what you have. And you don't acknowledge that God owns it. And we can tell from your spending. We can tell from your spending. I'm not saying this to pass across any subliminal message or stylishly tell you anything. It's just plain what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you see people who probably want to do a birthday and they can spend 5,000 pounds. But when they come to church and pastor pray, they don't even give 10 pounds to say thank you to God. Who wants the money? You know, it's not what I talk about. I won't say if you want to do thanksgiving, give money. No. But you see, what God has told me is this. When you're preaching, preach the truth and leave it with the people. Tell them the truth. Think about it. Just think about it. Let's just be sincere. I told my wife today, I said, I don't even know what I'm preaching. It's just thoughts. It's reflections. Let's just think about it. You think about it. Let me think about it. Let's think, let's think about these things. That I can consume thousands on myself per month. But then it's when it comes to God that 10 pounds suddenly becomes big or even 200 pounds or 500 pounds. Let's think about it and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Don't make any judgment on the things I'm saying without the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because you can be quick to make wrong judgment. How do you spend? But let me tell you something. Does God want us to enjoy our money? Of course, yes. 
And that's why I like the scripture. And many of you, will, I, I paraphrase this scripture a lot. I want to read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 19. God wants us to enjoy. God wants us to spend money on ourselves. If anybody tells you God doesn't want you to buy shirts, it's lying to you. If somebody tells you, you know what, don't pay your children's school fees before you give, it's a lie. That person is lying to you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you, you know, you be hungry, don't pay your bills and bring your money to God. No, 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 that's not God. Ephesians 5, 18 to 19. Here is what I have seen. It is, a good, it is good and fitting for one to eat and drink. You know, I say it all the time when people are doing parties that only kings and princes have parties. And to enjoy the good of his labor. God wants you to enjoy the good of your labor. If anybody tells you, I say God is telling you that you shouldn't have food to eat and you, shouldn't, you should be begging for bread and not do the things you need to do. Don't pay your bills. Don't pay your mortgage. But then bring all the money to God. That is not God. That's not true. God wants you to enjoy your money. But the question is this. What percentage? Do you want to enjoy? God gives you right to enjoy your money, but you want to enjoy 100% of it. I pray the Lord will speak to your heart. God says he wants you to enjoy the good of your labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives to him for it is his heritage. Who gives him the days of his life? God. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth. Listen to this. As to, for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth. God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat it. Somebody say yes. God gives you riches and wealth and power to eat it. Listen to this. There are those who have riches and wealth. They don't have power to eat it. Some are food, but cannot eat. Some can eat, but have no food. We have food. And what's the last line? Glory. There are some who are food but cannot eat. Listen to this. It's not just that God gives you riches and wealth. He gives you power to eat of it. You can have lots of money in your bank account and they will feed you food from a tube. Listen, 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 listen to this. What do you have that God has not given to you? I'm even telling you now that it's not just the riches and the wealth, even the capacity to go to shop and buy something God gave to you. The strength, he said, those whom God has given riches and wealth is the same God who gives them power to eat of it. So it doesn't give power to get wealth, it gives power to eat of it. Anybody here who can eat of your money, you need to give God glory. For you can make it and not use it. You can make it and not spend it. You can gather it and it can fly. God gives wealth and he gives power to enjoy it. That's why every time when you get home this afternoon, when you want to eat, eat like a king. God is the one who gives you power to enjoy it. 
Because some people, as you are stingy towards God, you are even stingy towards yourself. You are building 10 houses at one time. If your child wants kids, you say, shut up. It's a waste of money. It is God who gives power to eat of it. God. So in other words, God loves us to eat of our money. To receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. Anybody here has that gift? Because you, when you talk, you only think about the gifts of having riches and wealth. And you are not satisfied with what you have. Forgetting that, that you can enjoy the little you have is also a gift. That you can enjoy the one you have is also a gift. Because you see, some of us, because we are getting angry with not having billions, the thousands we have, we don't enjoy we lose that gift. We throw it out of the window. We throw it back to God. Why should I be enjoying 1,000 when somebody is enjoying 1 million? It's ingratitude. So, spending is good. Look at somebody tell the person is good. But spend wisely. We can tell who owns the money from the way you spend it. If it's enjoy, 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 you only enjoy. But the kingdom of God suffers. You don't help people. You don't support anybody. You have never done any charitable deed in your life. In a whole year goes, there is nobody, nobody anywhere ah, that you have given anything. Shame! Upon all the jackets and suits and skirts and the blouses and the things you have. Shame on them. Nobody. Nobody. And the maximum you can give somebody is Primark. Five pounds. If that's what you can afford, there's nothing wrong with it. When we die, We're going with nothing. And, but you're actually going with something. The good works you have done will follow you. The good deeds you have done will follow you. When the righteous go, their deeds follow them, the Bible says in Revelation. But what you have forgotten is that <laughs> it is not the consumption that follows you, it's the deeds. Are we still together? Normally when you teach like this, when you teach truth, you don't expect a lot of noise. Ask yourself this. Your spending, my spending, okay, let me talk about me. My spending, is God happy with my spending? Does God delight in the way I spend? What part of my spending gladdens the heart of God? You know, there are so numerous ways to gladden the heart of God. For the Bible says, the Bible says, who lends to the poor, gives unto the Lord. You know, when you give a poor person something, God is happy. Say, I don't have enough. It's not true. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. As long as there is any form of finance in your heart, giving is already part of it. 
I repeat, giving is already part of it. May you not get to a place where giving is not part of what you have. Let me explain to you. People that give, giving is not part of what they have. It's not there. Those people will not even have money to buy food at all. They will not have... You see, as long as you have money to buy food and ailment, you have money to give. All it just means is to cut down what you eat. As long as you have food to put in your mouth and clothes to wear, you have something to give. Don't let anybody deceive you. Oh, I will talk about tithe very soon because something just came to my mind. Let's go on. Okay, so spending. But let me say this quickly. The, let me talk about the saving and the investing. God wants us to spend, but he doesn't want us to be a wastrel. He wants us to save. He wants us to invest. But I want to show you something powerful. Many of us have learned to save for the rainy day. It's very good. But that rainy day will come, if that's what you are saving for. Save prophetically and save to do the will of God. Listen carefully to what I'm teaching you right now. Your saving must be to expand your capacity to do the work of God. Your investment must be to increase your capacity to do the work of God. I know maybe you have not heard this before. <laughs> the decision, the, the, you see, Christians will save and save and save only to expand their own spending. They only invest to expand spending on themselves. Listen to this. What do you need? You have food, you have houses. If you don't have now, you will buy. Alright, say amen. amen. But when I want you to learn this. Save it. This is what God taught me. I'm telling you the truth. When you are saving, you are saving to increase your capacity. And that's why you don't stop at saving. You now think about investing. And why am I doing all of that? I want to increase my capacity to do what? To do the fourth thing you do about money. And that is giving. So, in your spending, you give. And when you spend, we can tell who owns the money. And if I consume all the money on myself, I say God owns the money. Of course, I'm a liar. And I speak against the truth. Because if he owns it, he said, if I be your father, where is my honor? Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of thy increase. You cannot say God is your father and you put all your money in your pocket and spend on yourself. You are lying against the truth. So lie against the truth is deception. You know why we keep on doing it? Because God is a gracious God and we think we're getting away with it. But I've told you, you can get away with it until you are 100 years old and die. But you won't get away with it forever in eternity. Because a time of reckoning will come. The deeds of the righteous follow them. Oh, you get away with it. Yes, we, are not gonna, we might not see any difference between you and anybody on earth. You keep on building the houses on skyscrapers. You keep on buying the cars. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, I only have one car and it's not good enough. But you keep on buying your big cars. It's all right. Your brother only has one house. You have ten. Great. There's nothing wrong with the ten houses. The question is, do you have treasure in heaven? Your good deeds will follow you. It will follow me also. You know what I'm telling you? <laughs> I'm inclusive. Hello? It's the word of God. 
Praise God. So saving and investing must be done to expand your capacity to do good works. And because of that, oh, this is for another day. Because of that, you will see how God will bless your savings and investments. Beyond your capacity. Just by the way, there are very, I have done a lot of stupid mistakes when it comes to money. So many. Which God keeps teaching you every day. You have to pay school fees. Some of you don't want to pay school fees. You don't want to make any mistake. You will make mistakes. Somebody might even defraud you. Somebody can take your money and spend it. And, you know, and so on, all those things. It's part of life. But it doesn't stop you from doing what God wants you to do. But one thing I can also tell you is, when you have a heart to invest for God, God will bless it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I like to do one or two things apart from preach. Some of you don't know, because just think pastor is here. You know, is it not to preach? I can preach better than him. Good. It's fine. Lord help you. Now I was talking to one of my friends. Say, Pastor, just start church to make money. You know it's very good. Since you have discovered that it's the fastest way to make money, start your own church and make money. No, no, since you have now you have the revelation that if you start church, you are going to make money. Go and start your own and make money. Then you will know that you are completely wrong. Go and start now. Is this you know this pastor? It's not just there. They are just you go and start. Brainwash people and collect money. And see how easy it is to brainwash people. And see how easy it is to just put people together as if they don't have brain and collect their money. You know, you know, sometimes you say things, I want you to practice it. Go and start a branch today and make money. No, it's true. Go on. Today, you know, if it's in your heart that the reason Pastor Lecon is here is to make money, please, I'm begging you in the name of God, start your own tomorrow and come and show me the money. No, it's true. And come and show me the money. And show me the property. Show me the church. And show me. In this pressing, there are those who have told me that personally and tried it. They are nowhere to be found. I'm not saying that to say anything to you. I'm telling you the simple truth. It, this, is, this is God's work. <laughs> Give that in. You see, when I tell people a few things, I don't, I don't give testimonies. I'm not like that. You know, people are running around. You, you, you see, I tell you many things. Listen, this is, this is what I practice. This is what I do. I sacrifice my life for God. And so if God decides to bless me in the little way that he's blessing me, please, please, please mind your own business. It's true. Because there are many things you don't know that people do. I was speaking to someone who's not a church member. I was telling him that there's something I have seen in TRM Church. I have seen people who give to God and yet increases. I mean seriously increase. You know in this church, if you go to the car park and use car to judge people who have money, you have made a mistake. You may even see that pastor's car is old. If you think that's all I have, that, that's okay. Do you think I'm bothered? No, I'm not. It's more than that. There is a mindset that you have that God is number one. And that changes the whole dimension. So you might have 100 pounds and consume it. Everybody will see. But that brother beside you had 200 pounds, but he has done good works. We might not see it on him, but everyone records it. Can you see the difference? 
It is our value system that determines the things that we run after. But let God be number one. Let me tell your neighbor, is God your number one? So saving and investing must be done to expand our capacity to give, to do good works, to be a blessing to this generation, to bless those who are in it. Anybody here sometimes pray that God, that I will have more money, people are suffering. Anybody here? That's what to pray for money for. God, ah! That this job I'm even doing, how much are they paying? Ah, God, not that you are angry for the salary, but you are saying, God, can this thing not expand? Can I not do more? So that I can reach people who are suffering. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody here, every genuine phone call for need, you can meet it and you won't be happy. You must have that kind of appetite. So that's why now, that's why you don't spend all your money. And that's why God teaches us to also invest. So that with God's wisdom and instructions, we can expand our capacity to be a blessing. Do you get it now? So, let me just say this quickly. If you are thinking, I'll just finish all my money. You don't have a heart for kingdom. So, you give from your spending. You save and invest to increase your giving. Amen. Expand it. Young people, open your heart. You might be the one that God will give the idea. Use it for God. Praise God. So God wants me to enjoy my money. Have you ever considered why the devil doesn't like people giving to church? <laughs> I heard something that was going on. I know some of you can verify it. About a young man, musician in Nigeria, that put on social media that he needs money to do something. And I think maybe he has raised close to 200 million now. For people who are just his friend, just giving him money, just for banter, just for play. Just for play. If he was church, that's to tell you that it's Satan that is stopping you from giving to God. If he was church, there will be grumbling and complaining and murmuring. But I want to tell you something. In that country, go and find out. At least 50 to 80% of the people who gave that money are people who go to church and will not give it in church. Because it is when it comes to God that you are suddenly smart. It is when it comes to God that you can suddenly get away with it. You see people earn thousands per month and then they give God 10 pounds. Or 100 pounds. What a shame. What a disgrace. If I were God, I would just be thinking, what kind of insult is this? Can you give somebody 3,000 pounds per month? And then, and then, and then, and then they, they, they talk and argue to give 300. You see, this is why I don't like talking about this thing. Because if, if I talk about it, you, you will see that I am genuinely angry. Because it doesn't make sense to me. It genuinely doesn't make sense to me. God gives somebody 3,000 and, and you are needing explanation to prove to you from scripture that tithe is correct. It's not in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. What can, who, who is deceiving you? The problem is you don't want to give. Money is your God. Full stop. 
There are many other things you do that is more than 10%. Go and tell Boris Johnson not to remove tax. There are many other things. It is when it comes to God that it becomes a problem. Don't you ask yourself, why is it that when it comes to God, it becomes a problem? If there's a problem in your property right now that you need to fix, you don't even think twice before you buy a new washing machine, 350 pounds. Before you buy a new fridge, 600 pounds. You don't even think twice before you buy a massive TV for 1,700 pounds. You don't think... But when it's God, that's a massive money. That's satanic influence. Somebody is deceiving you, and that's Satan. May I never get to a place that I cannot give to God more than I will spend on myself. Me? I will buy a car and pay more than I give to God. It cannot happen. I'm not, I'm telling the truth. So that you don't think pastor is coming here and just going, trying to say something. No, no, no. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. If you find me put any car in that car park, whether it's a Bugatti Veyron, just know that I give to God more than that. I'm not saying that should be your own yastic because if you follow me and not the Holy Spirit, you are on your own. I've just told you mine. I just said that for you to understand that there are men everywhere. In TRM, I see people who just come to church in one month and immediately they begin to give. And I see people who were here before we started church. They have always been here and yet they don't give. And you ask God why. But it just takes you one or two years you see the difference in their lives. There are many people who have money. They don't have power to eat of it. They don't have peace to eat of it. You run from pillar to post every day of your life. You can't sleep away. Don't you know you are poor? Regardless of what is in your account. Don't you know you are poor? Is somebody say, oh, oh, are you free to go for a dinner on Saturday? Ah, never. You are never free for a dinner. You are a poor person. You are not free for a dinner. You are not free for Nando's. Nobody can call you, let's go and play tennis. You are not free. Nobody can say to you, let's go on holiday. You are not free. Nobody can, no, no, you are not free. Nobody can come and greet you at home. You are not free. You are not free at all. Don't you know that money has taken over your life? And I've told you, I've said to you many times, the people you are working for, they have gone to, gone to play golf. When do you want to play golf? Now ask yourself this question. No, this is a serious matter. Me, I ask myself this kind of question. When? You're already 52. You are still not available. When are you going to be available? Ask yourself question. Pray about it. If you need to change something, ask God, what do I need to change? It cannot continue like this. Running from pillar to post till what age? If it's not working, why will you not just sit down and say, God, let's recheck? Hello? Or you think if you sit down and talk to God, God will not answer you. He will. He's even waiting for you. God is even bothered that you are not available. He's bothered for you. You know, God is not angry. Some, some people, they're not in church. They can't come. They can't make it. You know, so God is not angry with you. God is just thinking that maybe one day you will see the light and be delivered from this oppression. God will help us. 
And me too. Say amen for me too. Is Satan that a task given to church? Walking through the heart of men. A party gives laughter. Wine gives happiness. Money gives everything. If you think money is not important, we are lying. Imagine how many churches could not open even after July 5th, the government allowed churches to open and there were still so many churches that couldn't open. Imagine. You know why? They didn't have a property. Hotels would not open for anybody to open church. They couldn't. Of course, we have a way of packaging, repackaging everything and say it's the new normal, everybody is online. They can't open. Their landlord, those who are listening, they can't open. Those who are in there, they can't open. They became servants to these systems. They cannot make up their own mind to do things. Why? We are in no way better or different to all those people. The difference is that we had our own property. And many churches like that were the ones who could open. And you are saying money is not good. If only those churches have had money or have managed it well, because that's a different story, that wouldn't have been their cases. Thousands of churches have closed during the pandemic in the U.S. Thousands. But thank God, new ones opened also. But thousands as sat, maybe one year after the pandemic, maybe over 6,000 churches have closed in the U.S. Who cannot just survive the dryness because there are still Christians that if they don't see pastor and see altar, they don't give. You are given to man. If they don't see altar, they don't see come forward. I told some of my friends, I said, you see yourself you see now. You see, come forward, put your offering at the apostles' feet. I said, they cannot find apostles' feet. <laughs> so their money stays where? <laughs> In their pocket. No apostles' feet. Say, yeah, put it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how, why you give. Can you see? Everything that failed in the pandemic were things that were destined to fail. Because God does not fail in pandemic. I will see together. We are laughing, but God is speaking to you. After all this laughing, go home and cry to God to help you. The preaching of the gospel is never free. Say amen. It's not. It's not free. It can't be free. Chairs don't buy themselves. Let me tell you something. Ah, Lord God of heaven. Someone who is not a Christian. Someone who doesn't come to this church. Gave more money during our building than people who are in this church who are Christians. It happened when we did defend something. Our contractor wrote part of his bill off. He said, that is my own. 
a woman who is a Muslim in this presence say, ah, Brother Lord knows the person. He said, ah, I want to be a part of this. Give. And you have begging before in church to give. What an indictment. It's disgraceful. And that's why I don't like to be begging people for because Because you see, it, it pains your heart. When we did the building, a student gave money. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to call this boy because I think this is a mistake. How can a student give this kind of money? For where, where did he get it? I mean, over a thousand pounds, well over a student in year one from the money that his parents gave to him, he gave to God. I was perplexed and embarrassed. Where you see people earning family income of 60, 40, 70, 80, 100,000 pounds, struggle. To be able to stretch out and give God a thousand pounds. Okay, as a pastor, so what do you want me to say? You know the talk has talked itself. Praise God. These things are real. There are things if I begin to share with you, even in this theory. I have seen people who their salary is but a small, but then they give to God. God blesses them. And I have seen those who think they have money. Without them, work will not move forward. And they have been embarrassed to see that that which they have is irrelevant. But is that God? Is that what God wants? God wants every one of us to be part of what he's doing. The deeds of the righteous, we follow them. You need to ask yourself a question. Who is paying for it? Ask yourself, who? Is it free? Okay, let me tell you this scripture. I like this scripture. I don't know whether I've shared it with you before. There are some scriptures that I like that if I share with you, some of you might even not say, let's even carry stone and stone him. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 7 to 8. Because some of us, we read half of the Bible and we say things like, even Apostle Paul, he, he, he was working, he was a tent maker. Read your Bible very well. How many times was he a tent maker? So he was doing tent maker and be traveling everywhere and carrying his tent everywhere and be making it. His workshop was everywhere. I'll tell you, go and read your Bible and find when he was a tent maker and you'll see the reason why he was a tent maker. But let me continue. Are we still together? He says this. He says, did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted? Because I preach the gospel to you free of charge. Hold on there. That the gospel is preached free of charge doesn't make it free. It is free to you doesn't make it free. Is salvation free? No. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus, a greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friends. The Bible says, who can pay for the price of his soul? You cannot. It's extremely expensive because it is that expensive and nobody could pay. So God made it free for you by making somebody else to pay. Everything you get free, somebody paid. I can come to this altar and use this microphone for free. Somebody paid. Hello? Somebody paid? Somebody paid? It could be that this iPad is free, but somebody paid. 
Always ask yourself, did this thing fall from heaven? You know, it's like people will say, oh, I have three inclusive minutes. I say, come on, stop it. Stop it. Who is deceiving you? You are paid. It's marketing strategy. You are paid. What is inclusive mean? In which inclusive? Inclusive where? Stay in your house now and go and buy a phone and have inclusive minutes. Is it possible? It's not possible. You are paid. Somehow you have paid. But they will tell you, you are only paying for this. This is free. It's a lie. Nobody starts a business to lose money. You have paid. In the same way, everything is paid. Somebody is paying for it. And look at this scripture. It says, the reason I preach to you free of charge is because, verse 8, please, when you go home, go and read this scripture again. It said, I robbed. It says, I robbed other churches taking wages from them to minister to you. Every time you think the gospel is free, you are deceiving yourself. You, you are not being sincere. You are not being sincere. Somebody paying for it. Can chair come from the shop without somebody paying? Is the camera free of charge? It's not. You come here, we do naming ceremony, we do dedication, we do everything. Somebody is paying for it. The microphone was bought. Somebody is paying for it. They like somebody. Listen, there's nothing free of charge. People should not come to church and think like that. It's deception. In fact, it's borderline wickedness. It's borderline wickedness. It cannot happen. Does it happen in your house? Question, does it happen in your house? Just the things that happen in your house happen for free. We're talking to somebody about coffee morning on Tuesdays. They say, wow. No, I think it was my sister. That's, oh, this, the food is plenty. Say, but we, we bought those ones. We are free ones, but we buy. All the ones that are not perishable is bought by the church to give out. It's bought by, through LEP. Things are paid for. Things are paid for. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's not free. Tell someone, tell the person, it's not free. It's not free. And so if it's not free, the question you need to ask yourself that I need to ask myself. If it's not free, who is paying for it? And if you're not paying for it, then you know somebody's paying for it. Then the next question you ask yourself is, why am I not a part of those who are paying for it? That's what I want to leave with you. Think about it. Why? Oh, there's charity in Cambodia. They have given 200, these thousands of bags of rice. Are the bags of rice free? Somebody paid for it. Somebody paid for it. Oh, in town, in the city center, in for somebody is giving out. They are giving packets of whatever. Is it free? It's free for the people who are receiving it. But somebody paid for it. But you see, God has blessed you with riches and wealth so that you can pay for it. And every good-hearted person will conclude with me that 
Good deeds are good indeed. They shouldn't stop. They should continue. But somebody has to pay for it. And those who pay for it are those that God has given the power to make riches and wealth. The power to pay. And I'm not, I want to tell you something. You are that person that God has given the power to pay for it.